word this morning. Mike's got a great message. So why don't you give him a hand as he comes? Very cool. I just want to extend my welcome to you if you're visiting with us. Uh, we haven't met before. Uh, thank you so much for choosing to come here. We, we pray that we will take, be able to take care of you and uh, maybe have some conversations and connect you, uh, help you discover some of the, the dreams and desires in your heart and uh, maybe make this place a home as well. Well, we're in the middle of a series called Anatomy. We are looking at the body parts. Isn't the body an interesting thing? Such an interesting thing. Some of the parts in there, you wonder what they're actually there for, but uh, they all serve a purpose. And when you look at the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about the different body parts, and uh, we, 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 we know them from a natural point of view, but there's also a spiritual significance to much of the body parts that, uh, that we actually know and understand. And so last week, we talked about the heart. We talked about the importance of guarding our heart. In fact, Solomon said, above all else, the greatest priority, my son, is guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. So that we've got to make sure that we are caring for our heart, putting protection around our heart, making sure the right people speak into our heart so that we can make sure we can protect our heart. Out of it flows everything. This morning, what I want to do is I want to read a proverb from the book of Proverbs. Uh, and this will introduce our theme for today. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue. Somebody say the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Show me your tongue. Mm. Yeah, we've all got one. All right, you're so rude, poking your tongue out of me. This morning, I want to talk about the tongue. Let's talk about the tongue. How many people would like to maybe get a rain on their tongue every now and then? Maybe the tongue gets away on them a little bit. Hey, hey. Come on, I, I need some prayer this morning because I messed up in this area. I'll share about that in a moment, but... Um, Let's pray because I need God's help as I preach this message. God, we thank you so much for the life that you've given us. We thank you, Lord. We, we truly are nothing without you. But Lord, with you, we're, we're everything. We, we, we've got everything. We've got everything we need. Lord, you, you give us the power. You give us the ability. Lord, you give us wisdom. And God, I pray as we, we look at the tongue and we look at our language and the words we speak Lord, I pray that there would be something that would be, would be shifting within our spirit. Lord, even as I'm praying, Lord, would, would we all submit and, and give our tongue to you so that our words would bring, would bring life and not death. Lord, be with us this morning, we pray. Amen. Did you know that your tongue has its own unique tongue print? You know, it's actually, it could be used for, as a form of ID. You know, can you imagine the, the new Apple phones coming out? Next generation. Uh, it's open. You know, some, some doors you've got like thumb or fingerprint locks on it. You know, you put, you, you put it on the scanner and the door opens. Imagine that, you know, with your home, your door at home. Just, and the door opens. Now, I, I don't know if it's going to hit the market, but when it does, just remember you heard it here at Elam. All right? But, but we can actually, there's a form of, of identification from our tongue print. It is unique. No one else has the same tongue as you. And you might say, thank God for that. Um, but our tongue, you know, is, is just another example of the creativity of God. And when we, when we hear the word tongue in the Bible, it's very seldom used for taste. Even though we use it to taste, most of the time the tongue is talked about in the Bible is to do with our speech or the power of our speech. Now, when you look at the, the, the creation story, when God created the heavens and the earth, it came about when He spoke. 
When God spoke, it said, let there be light, and there was. And out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second came creation. The power to create is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. So if we kind of go back to the story of Genesis and, and realize that we were created in God's image, meaning God made us the way he wanted us to be and made in his image, that means if he is creative, then his very nature is in us as well, which means that we can be creative. The words we speak and lift up can build up. But there is also power in the tongue that our words can also tear down, can destroy, can pull apart everything that God has created. And our challenge is to get a rein on our tongue and make a decision that the words we speak, and there's a lot of words go out of our mouths every day, this is a time where males, you've got to be thankful that we don't say as many words. Just on average, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But it doesn't mean that we don't let our tongues get away on us, right? I think we're all guilty of getting that one wrong. So when Solomon writes in Proverbs 18:21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's some significant power there. In Psalm 33, 69, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. If God creates, do we have the, the ability to do the same? Like a, like a builder uses a hammer, God uses words to build. Now, when I take a hold of a hammer, it doesn't normally build things. I'm just saying. You know, I have the ability to break things down with a hammer too. And so God builds with a hammer. I probably tear things down with a hammer. I can pull things apart with a hammer. That's about all I can do. But what are the words we're using actually doing for us and for other people? The, in this passage, it talks about the fruit that comes out of our mouth, that we will enjoy, we will eat of the fruit of this. Yeah, James was tackling this dilemma. James was looking at the tongue, and he said the tongue, he describes it as three different things. He says the tongue is like a, a bit in the mouth of a horse, which, which can allow a horse to be turned right or left with just a gentle pull on the bit. Also talks about the tongue being a rudder for a ship. These massive ships turned by a rudder, which is in comparison to the size of the ship is so small. Heading in one direction, and the captain can say, I'm going to take it in a different direction. Come on, some people need to take conversations in a different direction. You need to turn that rudder from negative to positive. James also talks about the tongue as, as, as a fire or a spark. They can set a whole forest on fire. That's the power we have in our tongue. So this morning, we're going to do an audit. Is that all right? We're going to do an audit on our own tongue, on our own words. Thank you, Ella. I like that positivity. Most of the rest of the adults aren't so excited, but uh, I love that you were excited about doing an audit on your tongue. Right, three questions. Three questions. We're going to look at the words we speak. First question, what words am I speaking over myself? What words am I speaking over myself? I want you to think about the words that you are speaking over yourself. Has anyone ever spoken something enough times over their life that they actually believe it to be true. I'm not good enough. 
I can't do that. I failed. I failed again. I failed again and again. I am a failure. I remember as an 11-year-old, football was life. I loved God. I really did. But my career, my passion was football. Um, I, I was in the National Academy, ranked in the top five in New Zealand. Uh, I had a pathway lined up through junior academies, junior World Cups, through to the World Cup. If New Zealand never qualified. You know, but you know, there was this passion. You know, that's where I was heading. That's all I wanted to do. One year, I got a, a mid-year report from, from the National Academy. And it was a previous uh, all-whites coach. Uh, I had the privilege of sitting under some amazing coaches. And he said, Mike's got some great skills. He can shoot. He can score. He's got great speed. Mike is small for his age was the little comment that was written. Mike is small for his age. And I know you're laughing. That's mean because I never, I, never, I never grew any further probably than when I was young. But, hey, that's, that's who I am. That's right. And so, so in that comment was Mike is small for his age. Here are some of the ways he can compensate or, or offset that, that height. Cross-country running. Strength training, endurance. So all of these things that I could improve on to maybe, you know, compensate for the fact that I wasn't as fully developed as maybe some of the other players. But you know what I read? I didn't read the positive in the front, you know, the, the compliment, the recommend compliment. I just saw the recommend. I just saw, I just saw Mike is too small. And so when I missed out on a, on a rep team, because the co- maybe the fact that he was the coach's son, that could have been part of it too. I am over that. I have forgiven him. Don't, don't worry about it. I've moved past that. But he was also about probably five foot nine, ten, might have even been six foot. He was a giant compared to me. And when he got in, I just thought, I'm too small. I'm too small. I'm too small. And so I just believed that about myself. The reason I wasn't was because I was too small. Now, I don't know what words you've spoken over your life that's left you in a place of belief now about who you are. Too fat, too tall, too short. Too rich, too poor? I don't know. What, 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 have, what, have you, what have you come to agreement with your own words in? That that is now defining who you are. I know when we started pastoring a church, uh, I, I, was, I was a rookie. I, I had all the ambition in the world, all the desire, and not as much wisdom. So I kind of flew out with passion and and then that didn't work, so I'd fly out another direction. And then I'd, yeah, yes. And then people would just kind of sit back and go, well, Michael, come down from this one and we'll try something new next week. And, and, and I, I, I began to fail, in my opinion. I thought I was failing, I, that I wasn't leading well. I wasn't leading people the way I should. And I found myself actually believing what I was speaking, that I wasn't leading people well. I agree. I agree with myself. And so I didn't. It's been a journey for me discovering who I am, who God's created me to be. About six years ago, I just really understood, Mike, you're who you are. You know, people, people, people actually kind of like me for who I am and, and that, you know, I've got to become a better me. I'm never going to be satisfied here. I want to, I want to be more and more like Jesus. So that means every day I'm growing and developing and I'm, I'm going deeper into his word and I'm trusting him more and more, but, but I can't be somebody else. And so now the words I'm speaking over me are changing. I want to challenge us to be a people that speak life over ourselves. Every time I speak the words, I can't, or I'm not, or I'm a failure, or there I go again. All I'm doing is I'm tearing down the man that God is trying to build up. 
God wants to build me up with the words that I speak. Now, this isn't some self, self-talk, self-help lecture. This is speaking the Word of God, the promises of God. This is bringing our lives in alignment with what God says about us. Believing the truth, speaking it, confessing it until it becomes a part of who we are. We need to be like David in the Bible. Oh, I'm going to fight the rain today. Oh, I like the challenge. I like the challenge. We're going to be like David in the Bible. There was a scene in the Bible where David, all of his men had been out fighting. They came back and they found that that all of their families had been taken, left with nothing. And David, he's got men that want to kill him. It's like, David, you brought us out here. We are angry at you. Anyone found somebody angry at you? It's, it, 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 you know, what do I do, says David. The Bible says he withdrew, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. He spoke some truth. You are my healer. You are my refuge. You are my, you are my stronghold. I will come to you. You are the Savior of my soul. He, he went to Jesus. He, he, he called out to God. And he, he began to speak truth over his life. He encouraged himself in the Lord, and some of us need to do that. You know, my day begins with declaring the promises of God over my life because I don't believe enough about myself. So I need reminding. I kind of need to look in the mirror and say, God, that's, that's your image I'm reflecting, right? So I, I, I begin declaring some things over my life. And maybe you don't have declarations over your life. I encourage you to find some. If you don't have any, here's a, here's a few in your notes that you can take away. Make them your own, personalize them. Find some things that refer to you. I didn't think I was a good leader. Now I just stand up every morning and I say, I am a great leader. I make good, wise decisions. I'm, I'm kind, I'm compassionate, I'm fair, I'm just. I'm not afraid to go after the difficult conversations. These are the things I'm declaring over myself because when I walk into today and tomorrow, I'm faced with some of those challenges. But I've already, I've already stepped up to the mark and said, I'm ready. You can bring it on, devil. I'm ready. I'll take it on because I know who I am. Here's a few. This is for somebody. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to glorify Him and serve His purposes. Come on. If that ain't your Monday morning wake-up call, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to glorify Him and serve His purposes. I'm chosen by God. He has called me by name to make a difference in this world. How about this one? My past no longer defines me. Somebody's going to move past their past. You can glance as a, as a reference point to your past, but you've got to move past the pain. You've got to ask God to forgive you. You have, and He's already forgiven you. Take a step into your future, my friend. He's already forgiven you. You haven't received that forgiveness. Step in to that future. My past no longer defines me. Who I was is not who I am. I'm called to greatness in God. Come on, I'm not the leader I was 10 years ago. I'm, I'm becoming a better leader every day. I'm becoming a better preacher every day. You know, I'm just telling myself that I'm going to get better and better because the power of God in my life, I'm, that's who I want to become. And not for my glory, of course not, but for His glory so that more we come to know Him. I am an overcomer. Greater is He who is in me than he that is in the world. If, if God is in me, He's for me. Who's going to be against me? Who wins that battle against God if God's for me? No one, nothing. I am loved by God, therefore I will love my family and those around me. Someone needs to receive the love of God today. You need to know you are dearly loved by God. I am disciplined. Who? Oh. 
Come on. Somebody's going to say, I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Anyone face temptations, battles along the way? You want to succumb to that extra piece of cake or whatever it is? Or your eyes wander. Come on, guys, your eyes wander and you, you linger on a woman that you shouldn't or on an image or on a movie. Christ in me is stronger than that desire that pulls me towards that. This is what I declare at the start of my day. Because if I don't, what am I building my day on? Myself? That's a sure sign to fail. If I build it on mine and my strength. First question, what words am I speaking over myself? Second question, what words am I speaking over others? What words am I speaking over others? I want you to think about your friends. I want you to think about your, your spouse, your partner, your kids, your, your, your people at work, your colleagues, your schoolmates. I want you to think about these people while I'm speaking about this, the words I speak over others. So I, I knew I was preaching on the tongue. Sunday afternoon I went home. Um, I knew I was going to be speaking on the tongue, speaking on words. Woke up Monday morning. Knew I was about to spend a whole day seeking the Lord, you know, spending time. How do you think my Monday went? Monday morning went with Amy? Yeah, you all know me so well. I just had these thoughts in my head, and out came those little suckers. And they just came right out and just made a whole mess of our Monday morning. Yeah. You, you know when you have that thought, it's probably best you keep it as a thought. There's a passage in the Bible that says you take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. You know, sometimes I have that thought, oh, that would be really good and fun to say. It was never a good idea. You know, and, and sometimes we can, have, we can have that thought, take it captive, talk to Jesus about it. He'll say, Mike, not a good idea. Sorry. And you'll save yourself a whole lot of mess. I need a volunteer this morning. This will fulfill somebody's, come on, David, I knew you'd volunteer. This is going to fulfill somebody's long-term, this, this is going to be, yeah, everyone's wanted to do this. Come on. All right. Come up on stage. There you go. You hold the bowl. All right. This is your task. You've got to empty the tube into the bowl. All right. You can open it first. There we go. Come on. Everyone's wanted to do this, right? All right. Go for it. Go for it. Just, yeah, go on. Go on. Squeeze it out. Come on. Oh, he's not a roll. Oh, here you go. I can hold it. You want to roll it? You want to? Come on. This is a lesson for some married couples here. All right. You've actually got to, you got to go from the top of the roll. Don't squeeze in the middle. Hey, that's a convicting word from the Holy Spirit for someone. All right. Squeeze it out. Squeeze it out. Squeeze it out. Come on. Come on. How good does that feel? Awesome. Did that feel good? Yeah, that felt, really, that felt fun. All right, uh, so now put it all back in the tube. No, yeah, put it all back in the tube. You, you squeezed it out, so you've got to put it back in, right? No, it's all good. You can have a seat, man. <laughs> yeah, well, no, keep the toothpaste. Your teeth are going to look great. But do you see the picture there? The words, it feels so good to get them out. Yeah, I so got you. Uh, once they're out, they're out. If we don't have to put them out there, how much mess would we save, seriously? What, what, what relationships would actually be so much better if we didn't put the mess out there? Maybe let's, let's just put the, the cap on the tube and say, I'm not going to squeeze that. 
I'm not going to let that come out today. Psalm 141 verse 3. I love this. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Come on, that's a psalm for someone to pray in the morning. That would be a great psalm for someone to pray. This is my translation of it. Nail and duct tape my mouth shut. Push the fridge against the door of my mouth. (laughs) Barricade it shut. Come on, if only I didn't say what I was thinking, but actually then say the things I am thinking that will bring life, not death. Are the words building up or are they bringing harm to others? Do you use phrases like you never, you always, you know, typical you, you always do this. Is that our language with our children? Is that our language with our spouse? Is, 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 is that how people hear from us? You know, the language that we use can build up or it can tear down. What are those words we use in those moments of frustration and pressure? Here's a good question to ask, kind of a filter that we can pass any of our thoughts through. This is what it says. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Now, Peter MacArthur, for example, I, I could say something to him that is true. Say, Peter, I want to I talk into your leadership, and it's true, but I could say it in a way that's unkind. Even though there's truth there, he might not receive it because it's just put horribly. You know, I might have something I want him to work on. I can't think of anything at the moment. But it's the words I use and the, the language I use which will determine how it's actually heard. Is it kind? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it necessary? Now, some of you are saying, well, Mike, I've done an audit on question number two, and uh, I'm really in big trouble. A lot of my words have come out, a lot of words that have been harmful, hurtful. What do I do? You go, try this. Just loosen your lips a little bit. Here it comes. Sorry. Try it. Come on. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. Sorry. All right, here's seven words that will save your relationships and will change your life. Sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Some, it's got to be nine words. Really, really sorry, I was wrong. You don't want to probably go more than two because then it just kind of sounds condescending, all right? But sorry, I was wrong please forgive me. For some of us, that's a conversation we have to have with someone that might even be sitting right next to us. And you don't need to make yourself embarrassed by looking at them. But God's speaking to you already about somebody. You need to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. The third thought, and as the team come, hope you don't mind, but we're going to have a little bit of a praise party as we close this morning. We're going to outshout the rain this morning. All right, the rain's coming down. We're going to open our mouths. Why? Because the third one, what words am I declaring about God? So what words am I speaking over myself? What words am I speaking over others? But what words am I declaring about God? I I believe for some people, God is this big. And God needs to be bigger than that. Because He is bigger than that. 
I, I think some of us will put God in a box that, that we're trying to understand, and God's saying, I'm much bigger than that box. I, I want to be bigger to you. And how does God become bigger? By us magnifying Him. We glorify Him. We give Him praise. We give Him honor and glory. We let our mouths declare the goodness, the greatness of God. You know, and some of us, we've been hurt by God. We, we, you know, we, we feel like God has failed us. And those are real feelings. They're not feelings you push aside. This is real stuff. This is, this is us really trying to understand. Some of us have been hurt by the institution of church. Quite possibly you've even been hurt by this church. Someone missed you. Someone didn't speak to you like they should have. Somebody spoke badly about you, towards you. If you're looking for a perfect church, this isn't the one. We're working on it. Trying to be as honest and authentic as we can. Trying to talk about things that are real. And, but you know what? We, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. But what, what, what you do have is our guarantee that if that ever happens, our response will always be, sorry, we were wrong. Please forgive us. But don't let any failings of a human get in the way of our declaration of who God is. God is not people. God is God. God is God. We, we, we're not supposed to grasp the greatness of God. We're supposed to launch ourselves as far as we can into the greatness of God and get partway there and realize we're not even close to seeing what God is. Come on, listen to what the Bible says. These are the words of somebody that was so in love with God. I will sing of the Lord's great love on Tuesday. Forever. Forever. That means when I wake up on Monday and I don't feel like praising God, I'm going to praise Him anyway. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Come on. What we speak into our kids, into our kids, 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 to our children's children's children, the words you're speaking over your children today. I go into my kids' bedrooms in the morning. They don't want to wake up. I'm like, good morning, my champions. Where are my champions at? Go and give my daughter a kiss. Come on, my beautiful princess. Today's going to be an incredible day. Speak the greatness of God over their lives. Psalm 105, 2. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell of all His wonderful acts. Come on, do we come to God first with our, our prayer request? God, these are all the things I need. This is my list. Or do I come to God first and say, God, You are awesome. God, You're amazing. You are my Creator. You are my healer. God, You are holy. I declare You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Come on, we need to lift our voices in praise. We need to declare the goodness of God. Man, if you're feeling it this morning, you get up on your feet. You begin to declare the praises of God. Come on, what do you praise? What do you praise your God this morning? Give Him some praise.